three, two, one, and we're live. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Take This Online with me, Digital Hoos. Uh, it's a chill podcast day outside of my usual norm of six podcasts a day. But uh, today, um, we have a good one. Someone I reached out to because he works, he's in, a, in an interesting realm uh, that I'm quite interested in. Uh, we have Nick Vink here. here. It was um, your MD over at uh, Duval Consulting. Yeah, is that right? Exactly. Is it right? Duval, sorry, not Duval. Sorry, Duval Consulting. Uh, what does Duval Consulting do? Yeah, we are a consulting agency, a boutique. We help corporates uh, becoming future proof, basically. Mm. So it's three angles business strategy, innovation, and growth marketing. So okay. that's basically what we do in a nutshell. Very interesting. But okay, let's before we get into what you're doing now, I kind of like mm-hmm. to take a step back and. Talk about yourself a little bit. I, I, I enjoy listening to people's journeys to how they got here and physically and metaphorically wherever they are in life. Is So let's take a step back. Let's go back to, to rabbit hole a bit. Yeah. What do you study university? Uh, wow. So uh, <laughs> that's a good, sto- a good story to start with. So I started with event management. Interesting. Back, yeah, yeah, back in the days. Um, because even if we go some steps before uh, that, um, I started when I was 15, 14, 15 years old. I started my own band. Uh, I was a, a, a we had a hip hop crew. You know? All right, look, look so, yeah, go. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a cool period, man. With me and my best friend, we were uh, we're like, yeah, let's start rapping, and uh, mm. this is a cool thing. And we we knew a DJ. He was also part of our crew. And uh, one thing came from one thing came to okay, came another, and we're like, yeah, let's let's start this hip hop crew. <laughs> uh, and I've always been quite entrepreneurial myself. All right, fair uh, enough. We we started like, making these. Uh, I I built something similar to to what you have here. Yeah, like my own little studio uh, at home. Uh, started recording tracks, uh, and then at a certain point in time, we had enough tracks to make an album. Okay, we just. Self-published an album. What so language were you rapping in? Dutch. So, okay. And uh, in, in a particular accent of Dutch, so West Flemish, from the okay. part where we are from in Belgium. And um, yeah, we self-published that. It it, it sold out uh, quite quickly. Uh, we didn't be, be we didn't become that, like these huge stars mm. at all. But we were pretty pretty like well known in our part yeah. in our region of of, uh, of the country. So that 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 evolved into a little bit of of uh, of. Uh, getting getting known in the, the region, um, starting to get to know more people, um, and that was at the time where where Jay Z blew up heavily with Rock Nation. Mm. Um, was this I, late nineties? Uh, it was er, er, like it was mid two thousands. Okay, so he became huge with Rock Nation. Yeah, um, and I saw that, and and, and I always remembered when he said, I, "I'm a businessman. I'm a business." Uh, yeah, I love, I love that lyric. It wasn't that from the, uh, was that Diamonds Are Forever remix? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that, oh, yeah. So that stuck. To I me. love that line. Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> it was like my, was it was it Messenger? It was one of my status things. Oh, yeah, I think I forgot what it was. MSN, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah oh, my I love that line. But when he came in and that song, it was. The remix. He, he oh, the remix was awesome. You wrecked it. Like, oh, the re- oh, I the felt re- so bad for Kanye, by the way, when Jay Z stepped into that remix. And oh, the, that remix was amazing. I still listen to it today. Oh yeah, me too. Me That's too. A fantastic. Oh. That was awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so we do. So, we so do yeah, the that, thing. that line and it stuck in my head. And uh, instead of of going hard on the the rap path and becoming the rapper, I wanted to mm. become the manager and I wanted to be build that empire, just like Jay Z. Mm. So I started to onboard more rappers that day uh, and that that age. Because I, I had a bit of a podium, I had a bit of the limelight that I wanted to share with mm. other young rappers. 
Um, then I got to know more D- like DJs because that was starting to become a thing. So I onboarded DJs as well to our little crew. And at that time it was called Starstruck Label. Okay. And I made my own label back then. Um, my friend, we started to part uh, like part ways. Okay. Uh, university started. Yeah. Uh, life. Um, and that at that time I started also to to host events myself mm-hmm. because I had these 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 uh, these rappers. I had these DJs in portfolio. So I thought, yeah, why not start yeah. uh, hosting events? As That's well. pretty cool. Um, Were you eighteen at this point? Eighteen, nineteen? Yeah, like something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seventeen, eighteen when we started to uh, eighteen when we started to host events. And I had to make a choice on uh, of what I'm what 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 I do in 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 university. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty naturally like let's just choose event management so I can learn what I'm doing on the side. That anyway. makes sense. Uh, turned out not to be the best choice because I didn't learn that much <laughs> in, in, in the, the one and a half years I've I've been doing that. So I dropped out because I had the feeling that I'm, I wasn't learning that mm, much. I got you. Um, and we were basically upskilling because at that time I had two two other friends that joined that that little adventure as well, um, and at that time, yeah, uh, uh, one of so we were two friends at the same school, same class, and the professors just came to us to ask advice like how how we do this and nice. Uh, a professor's asking you for advice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, <laughs> so I said, yeah, let's quit that. And at the time, my my uh, my father died as well, oh, so I, I bumped into a depression and I dropped out of school and mm. thought I can do much better than this. Uh, this thing that is called university um, and I thought uh, it always stuck to my mind that the whole line of I want to really build this empire the full chain I want that so I had uh, the artist side I had the the event side yeah I was pretty busy. solid base for someone that young yeah and then the last step was having a venue right mm. and uh, that's when I uh, met another partner and we just um, opened our own club then. okay yeah and I was yeah twenty at that time. Was a stereo club. Stereo club. Yeah. All right, cool. cool so cool. that was that. So we opened that. Uh, How huge, big was it? Huge, small, small venue, big venue. Let's say two, two hundred people. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's yeah. not bad at all. Yeah. So and it was quite, the location was quite good because it was uh, close enough to the student yeah. area of the city, but far enough away ish. You could have a bit of to have a bit of a, of a the club feeling. So right, the, fair enough. The week it was more student like, and the weekend really wanted to have that club feeling. Okay. Uh, were you we, out of university at this point? You had, yeah, you had dropped out. Dropped out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. And at that time, I really believed like this is this is going to be my life. I'm just going to have this club. Maybe open some other things as well mm. in other cities. Um, so that was basically my life. But I was very young. I was 20 yeah. years old. Didn't have any business sense. So management side wasn't yeah. really that good. Um, and also, yeah, when you have a nightclub, and and you're so young, you get into touch with the wrong people. Oh, for sure. It's uh, a rabbit hole on its own, right? And I had the, I was very easily influenced by a lot of those bad people. So at a certain point in time, I had to come clean with myself and say, mm. I need to stop this way of living right now uh, and, and make something good of my life or I'll just implode. Oh, uh, for sure. From the bad, uh, bad influence. So I, I um, um, we quit. We decided to quit because the, the collaboration with my partner wasn't going that mm. well anyway. Um, and uh, we felt that we squeezed the lemon quite well. So <laughs> in mm. the, the first uh, the first months, let's say the first, uh, it was at, after eleven months, we decided to quit. Uh, and luckily, at that moment when we said let's stop, uh, like the week after, we found somebody else who wanted to take over. Okay, so we so able to transition. Yeah. You're still friends with? Are you still, are you still in touch with your partner? Uh, it's kind of just dropped out. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Do I realize something? I realized this was in my late twenties. How old are you, brother? 
29. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, two years older than you. I realized something in my late 20s is that friends, mm-hmm. best friends, people who thought you were brothers, partners, and all that, sometimes might be the worst influence on you. Yeah. Sadly. And I, yeah. I learned in my in, in my late 20s, I had to cut out some friends from my life, people I've known for 15 years, because I realized when I'm around them, I'm not a good person. Yeah. They bring me down, and I think that's something mm-hmm. a, a lot of us, I think, is very important for us to do. Sometimes you got to... So we all have loser friends. We all have win- winning friends, right? I think you have to cut out the losers and just be friends with yeah. winners. And yeah. for me, that was very that was very good for my life. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. cut out losers for my life. Absolutely. Or and yeah, it sucks. It sucks indeed. Or, or you just if I think it's it's super uh, mature of yourself to put it like that. Like that's that's amazing. I think a lot of people don't don't really know that. Oh yeah. That there's a difference between that. Uh, I'm not really cutting out like the, the like maybe the bad influence people or something because uh, we go way back but uh, i also i have that feeling so i really tr- try to have m- much more airtime with mm. the people that i also feel like they are yeah. winning and i want to be more like them rather than uh, than just sticking to the the status quo you know uh, yeah okay did you leave belgium at this point is that what you did you, did you ever uh, leave belgium no. so okay, then fine. uh so th- then i uh, we we um uh, we found somebody to, that that took over yeah. uh, the club. Uh, then I decided to go back to school because I didn't okay. have a diploma back then. So you want so to finish it? I went. I, yeah, I started communications management with a focus on PR. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished that in two and a half years. Oh, cum laude too, right? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, awesome, yeah. man. It's the first time somebody's like applauding that. So thank you. Why not? Cum laude guy means like you did really well. Yeah, yeah. When you yeah, do cum laude, yeah. I mean you graduated top of class. It was yeah. a fresh start. Were you top one uh, percent, or were you? I don't know. I don't really Something know. Like that, right? not, in Belgium, it's not really the thing. Like it's not like the US. Okay. No. Um, but I, I've, I've, that's one of the po- the points of my life that I, I made a switch. Like, okay, you get a second chance. Like, let's do it now. Let's do it properly. Mm. Um, so I really focused on school um, or what I had to do in school. And things kicked off. I've uh, had to do an internship. Um, one way or another, uh, use my network to get in touch with uh, with uh, Dado and Yo, who were uh, who were the co-founders of Dear Media at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, I got to intern there. Uh, they were happy with what I, I was doing. I was happy with with the work that I could do there as well. Uh, after my internship, uh, they said, "Yeah, what are you? What do you want to do? Do you want to come to our our company?" I said, "Yeah, I would love to come and work yeah. for you guys." Um, and um, with a lot of like pivots, <laughs> we we got we got to work together uh, because at that time the company was very small. There was no space in the bu- the business plan to onboard me. Um, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll just go for another year in school and work for a year for free. Uh, wow, you know, a year. Which which company was this? Uh, which sorry? Which company was this? Yeah, that's Dear Media. So it's the oh, company okay. before we got acquired. Dear okay. Media got acquired by Duval Union, and we became Duval Union. So you actually, did you actually work for free? Uh, I was going to work for free. You were, you were totally fine with it. Yeah. That. So oh, I would cool. say, like, because in Belgium it's illegal to work for free. You can't. Really? Yeah. So you you're either an intern, and that's a free gig. So for three months you work for free, but that's ba- that's that's like part of your education. Okay. And you get scored. Uh, you get a score of your internship place, and you get a score from the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but outside that, you you're either paid or you're an intern. So you can. Is there a limit of how low you can get? Let's say if you get paid a dollar, would that, would no, that count? No, no, so, no. So it's like $7 an hour or something. Okay, so, so people okay. are protected. What like, if you want equity in the company and not a salary? That's something, yeah. That would be a possibility. Yeah. But okay. as a, they were just getting successful with the two of them. So mm-hmm. they were. It, that was in the kind of period where they things started to move uh, quicker for them, but not fast enough to get somebody on board extra. 
So they had one or two people on the payroll and I was going to be the, the, the fifth person in the, the room. So two co-founders okay. and two, two employees and I was going to be the fifth. And they said, ah, things are going too quickly. I just say, you know what, I'll just uh, enroll for another year in school. I'll do, a, I don't know, a postgraduate stuff or okay. something I like. Uh, but that that gives me the opportunity to work for free as an intern again. And then they said, like, this is this goes too far. If somebody's willing to do this to pay out of pockets for another year of school and then work for free for us, like we get it. You you your hustle is so big. <laughs> You'll pay us back in like that yeah. hustle will pay back anyway if we onboard you. Exactly. And at that time they had a they had a they started a startup called uh, Social Cedar, mm. and they thought, well, if we can. Uh, Put, put me on social cedar as well uh, like half time and then I can ha- work half time for dear me yeah. as well and that turned out like that so I brought in a bit of sales in social cedar and that made up for what I could do in the, in, in the in dear me because uh, did you how did you teach yourself digital marketing and social I was, I was I'm always really interested in that did you kind of just learn yourself yeah Yep. Google, YouTube, yeah, whatever. Yeah, started with with uh, with the hip hop thing. Yeah, uh, just googling MySpace yeah. and then uh, like the growth hacks to 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 go to market with an album. Yeah, and then we we got more DJs and rappers, so I started to do or help them with their marketing. Uh, when I had my nightclub, I I googled just yeah Facebook advertising. Yeah. I was always a, a huge believer in, in in social, like huge mm. for my events, for the nightclub, for our own marketing. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've learned everything. Have you ever done any of those like uh, Academy for Ads, uh, uh, Facebook bl- Blueprint, those I've, things? I've done one, one course, which is a, a total rec- recommendation. The fundamentals? Uh, it's gro- Growth Tribe in Amsterdam. Okay. I've done a two-day two grow- like a, a crash course on growth hacking. Um, and that I had like the, the foundations of, of digital marketing. I just Googled everything. I just yeah. experimented and d- did whatever I, th- I thought was good. Uh, read a lot of books, uh, a lot of podcasts, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, watched a lot of videos. Um, so basically, uh, everything myself. But then uh, next to that, I, I, I had this one course on growth hacking, and it completely like yeah. There's this thing it's, called Academy for Ads. I think now it's called Skills Google. Something Skills by Google. It used to be called Academy for Ads. Mm-hmm. And there's also Facebook Blueprint. Uh, blue Sorry about the tongue tie. So I do those actually. So I do the Google one every year. So one year certification, it's super easy. It's like a module teaches you fundamentals, AdWords fundamentals. It's called Ads by Google now. Mm-hmm. Uh, search, display, YouTube, programmatic. And you do it, it's completely free. You get a full on certification that goes on your CV even. And it, But every year, it lasts for a year. Okay. So I, I redo every year. Yeah. Because there's new content. And then there's the Facebook blueprint where they have free courses with the full certification is a bit expensive. I think you have to get your company sponsor. It's a bit mm-hmm. pricey. So I actually do those. Oh yeah, I definitely recommend it to everyone. Everyone tells me how do you get in digital marketing. I'm like, listen, there's some basics you need to know. Yeah, um, go to Google this thing, skills by whatever it's called mm-hmm. now, and it's awesome, man. I do it every year. Oh uh, yeah, and I've been in, in I've been in digital for seven eight years now, right? Absolutely, I, think I still do it. Everyone should do it. Who's everyone who's interested in in something like that should. That's the whole thing. You can't learn marketing or digital marketing, especially just in school or by mm-hmm. reading or watching videos. You you actually have to. Yeah, you have 100%. to do some stuff. It's called Skillshop, everyone. Skillshop.withgoogle.com. Check it out. I completely recommend it. It's just a good place to learn. You learn all about search, video, and stuff. Like, actually, how to do it on the platform. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. So I think it's definitely all right. Cool. Um, let's. What, what, quick question. I, I hear this term. What is growth hacking? Growth hacking. What is it? Uh, it's basically um, it's a it's a process of rapid experimentation where you are trying to look for new ways to grow your company faster. 
Um, terms of growth as in terms of brand awareness, in terms of sales, in terms of customers, or everything. Everything. So there's the, the, there's the, this thing called the R funnel. And the first thing that we're going to do when it comes AR? to growth hacking, R. So it's like the pirate. It's uh, called the, the pirate. Oh, A-R-G-H? The pi pirate funnel, R. It's, okay. a, it's an acronym for um, uh, acquisition, activation, revenue, retention and referral mm. so the big the five big pillars of growth hacking are those five areas where we're going to look for uh, quick wins and uh, and and even long-term uh, improvements for your company aarr okay aarr interesting that's why they call it the pirate funnel that's pretty cool yep. so but how how do you know how, how do you guarantee growth it's so hard i don't know it's uh it, if you look at most of the like 99 percent of organizations today they kind of suck at the best practice anyway so you oh, can, for sure you can just come in and you have like a list of 15 things you can easily already do so even without the the fancy tricks and the, like everything do these 15 things first and you'll be solid like we work a lot with, with e-commerce companies because okay. we're, we're a joint venture with Chalhoub group okay. here in the region oh, awesome. um so there's that's a lot of e-commerce and if you look at the platforms it, it's there's it's such a quick win the conversion rate optimization of that by itself already is mm. such a huge win uh so without even spending a, a dime on on or extra dime on customer acquisition you can make at least 10 percent more revenue at least but so is, is it mostly or is it all focused on digital marketing uh and growth hacking no no okay, what, what so else, there's what, a what, even like in shaloop uh, uh, also has stores there so i'll also talk about on ground offline yeah, activations. So okay. whenever somebody comes into the store you can do so much to to boost conversion rate in the store or to get people to the store or what happens after the purchase uh, for retention for referral so you have so so much uh improvements to be made. It's, it's something i i've been exploring i didn't even I, I, like before i even knew the terminology i think i was doing this mm -hmm. well at least at least learning it mm -hmm. uh before i even knew it was called growth hacking so mm -hmm. but for me is i'm gonna ask you a question because it's something that i've seen right there's always a problem between connecting your online platforms to your on ground there's mm -hmm. always gonna be a problem yeah because they're two different systems mm -hmm. right so for example let's say let's take we'll take a store right you have a you'll have a store on ground let's take american eagle whatever it is you have american eagle right don't know anyone there so no one thinks i'm advertising <laughs> anything you take american eagle someone walks to the store he buys a pair of jeans yeah he put he the per, the, the salesperson captures information right and puts it into a po whatever that the pos where you call it yeah. and then that goes into a crm yeah now, a lot of times I learned that a lot of times the CRM you have on ground is not connected to CRM in the head office, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then all the, let's say, all the purchases you do online feed into the CRM there, but that's not dieted into offline. You have huge disconnects. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the biggest companies here. And I was surprised, this is something I've learned the last few years, is I, I was surprised that these massive companies, these massive e-commerce retail companies don't connect. And a lot of them, for example, work on Excel sheets. And it's mind-blowing. Yeah. What, what do you do then? What, yeah. how, how do you how do you how do you grow a company that has these problems? I'm sure you faced it. Yeah, of course. But that that's and that's the the thing that I'm saying about growth hacking. There's so much when you can make just by doing best practice. Indeed, yeah. it's, it's that that um, the the decentralization of that that CRM system or just yeah. having two different systems in place. 
just making one central system out of that and that's a huge change management thing you need to do but that, so that's a i don't that's know how, how quick can you be when you have to do that those things take time yeah, you, you have your it eight, department yeah. you might have to bring consult yep. so is it really is it now are we, are we hacking anymore yeah. are we kind of still going through it might take years yeah absolutely but that's the like let's say that's the vision to get somewhere but the process towards it can be in a growth hacking way so you can mm -hmm. start with maybe you give people in story you give them an ipad that is linked with that central CRM system that you are, are testing right now. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe have one or two people who check out. So uh, two, two store staff that can check out in store. So you buy a pair of sneakers. Uh, there's this, this uh, person in store coming to you. You check out with him. You pay directly to the person. And that, go, that data goes into the, the new CRM system mm -hmm. that is linked with the backend at HQ. And right now they have your data on a central level. And whenever you go mm. on Facebook, they can start retargeting based on the fact that you just... So basically, white. find a like, quick solution while you're doing the long-term yeah. change. Yeah. Basically. And when you do that, it's called lean experimentation. You learn okay. so much while doing that. You can ask... So after each transaction, you can ask that, that person in store, like, how did you like it? Like, what what, uh, what what do you found about the, the, the interaction with the person that checked out? You can even ask that the customer, did you like that way, this and that? So you can improve... Mm. while you're having that long-term vision and that's basically to be honest that's growth that's that's what that's growth hacking uh, it's it's actually not really sexy but it's, it's not if well, you if you don't make it sexy well, it, it turns out it turns out i've been doing growth hacking for two years then it's a, it's, it's all about the <laughs> i process. didn't know it's called that it's and basically what i've process. been working on my current job um i work on i, I can't disclose it but i work on a lot of this kind of stuff mm -hmm. um i call i was calling it digital transformation yeah but I think a lot of it is probably growth hacking. Super interesting realm. Um, so you've been with uh, Duval since then? I've been, yeah, I've, uh, ever since. I've, uh, I graduated and I've been with Duval since, since 2015. Then. Something like that? Sorry? 2014, 2015, uh, something like that? Yes, something like that. All right, cool. Yeah. And wh wh when did you transition to Dubai? Uh, two years ago. Why did you move to Dubai? Um, so we started working with Shadow Group on their digital transformation strategy. But still based in Belgium? Be based in Belgium, yeah. Okay. So uh, Dado, one of the two co-founders, he's quite the thought leader in uh in, in let's say on a global basis in terms of digital transformation strategy yo and, and other the co-founders they wrote a book on it digital transformation book.com for people who are interested oh really uh yeah so um i might even give a, a like a code for uh for the first 10 or something uh let's go so what's called digital transformation book.com book.com yeah and let's uh we can talk and uh, maybe give a coupon code for the listeners yeah uh, let's do it like that or maybe just give 10 books for uh for people who come up with it. that's maybe even even cooler like let's let's give away 10 books let's do it for, uh, for people who come up with uh, the coolest question uh after the after the session so we'll do that no i like it something let's do like that. that um so they, they they made a book um uh, that that got that book um got uh to dubai uh, the people of Shaloup read it, they loved it, and they invited Dado to come and speak here because at that time they wanted to build their digital transformation strategy uh, because they're a traditional retailer and they see that they need to change to survive. He spoke at uh, one of their strategy committees. They liked mm. it and they said, hey, we're looking for a partner. Why don't you pitch? We pitched, we won. We built their strategy. Uh, I wasn't in that team that built the strategy. Yeah. Uh, but then um, the strategy needed to to be. We're still working. At, were you at Social Cedar there, focusing there? No, no, no. I was. Oh, I, was so. I was fully, fully the value in consulting already then. So I was. Uh, so it was Dear Media and and Social Cedar in the first year, um, and then I became. So I was junior consultant at Dear Media. Then I was uh, just uh, doing marketing and mm. business at uh, at Social Cedar. Then the second year was fully Dear Media. The third year we got acquired 
In the fourth year, I became senior consultant. The fifth year, or something. So it went like on and on and on and on. Uh, every year, I, I grew a little bit. Uh, and in 2017, the Shaloup uh, deal, let's say, started uh, with Dado and two of my colleagues. They built a strategy, and at that time, I was just I was heading uh, the social media department of of Duval Union Consulting. Okay. So I gave social media consulting to the biggest companies in Belgium. That's part of one of the pillars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had my own yeah. pillar in Duval Union Consulting with our own team, and we just gave social media and digital marketing consulting yeah. for companies. Um, and then after the strategy was built for Shalou Group, it was a big focus on marketing, on growth hacking, on mm. e-commerce. Uh, so they thought it would be good to bring me here for the implementation of that strategy okay. for uh, half a year together with Dado, with, uh, with, with the lead of the project. Uh, so we did that every other week. We traveled from Belgium to Dubai, uh, like that. They were very, okay. Shalup was very happy, and uh, yeah, we started talking about the, it would be interesting to maybe set something up, or or what we do is interesting for companies here in the Middle East. Um, and yeah, talks matured, and and uh, we got you opened to, an office. Uh, we opened an office, okay. yeah, 2018. That's awesome. And I was a lucky one to re- to relocate. And basically, right, cool. I was also the only one in du- from Duval, Belgium, who was willing to to right, cool. let go. Everything. And how many and how many people do you have now working there? Uh, right now, we're three people full time. That's uh, not bad. Only, yeah. How many clients? Uh, right now, we're working with uh, with uh, Shalhoub Group. We're working with HSBC. We're working with Abu Dhabi government. Oh, talking, oh big brands. Yeah, big, big, we have big companies. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. We've worked for Engie, Veolia. And do you yeah. do you work alongside like their marketing departments, their CRM departments, like that? Um, we it's not really the marketing departments. It's um, it's because the marketing department basically will handle the media plans, right? With the yeah, agencies and all it's, that. It's it's much more the the executive committee per, uh, rather than only the marketing department like so a communication CEO, okay. cfo um because that's more the the business strategy side okay you do it more top down will you but will yeah. you then help shape the strategy for the media buying for the year for example no no okay, no uh, what we what we however we uh, we work for instance with jubel island in, in abu dhabi and that's where we build the high level strategy together with the head of marketing okay uh, and then that gets translated by an agency and we sit next to that agency to make sure that um, that business strategy is translated into a, a solid media strategy because that's what you still see today that yeah. there's a, a big uh, gap between that what the business really wants and needs and then what the agency is going to do because there's a, a disconnect between the two what if you f- feel that the agency is not implementing your strategy in in terms of media buying mm-hmm. what do you do then uh, but you have to be first of all you need to be it's difficult because you have to yeah. be well versed yeah. in the way media works. Yeah, true. And true. you don't come from a media background. Yeah, uh, I don't come from a media background. No, um, so it's mainly bu- the business side that I really know. The the, the thing is, um, if that happens, you're basically screwed uh, yeah. because it, yeah, you hit play and it starts. If the media plan is is validated by by the marketing department or or higher up the chain, you can't really change that a lot anymore. And that's you can't. You that's can't basically work with the marketing department on making changes. You can, but that takes a long time. And mm. the, agency, the, the fact that the, the plan is made by an external agency, then and it got approved, that they won't be willing to change that quickly uh, because they think yeah. that's the and that's their. their that's their, I can imagine there's going to be a big disconnect between what you do and then what the media agency yeah. will do because two different worlds. Yeah, like I true. come from a media agency background. Yeah, true. I understand two, two, that. Two, two different business models. Eh? To be honest, so and and that's the thing that I've I've learned the the, the last couple of years is that, um, and I think that, that that's also why a lot of uh, media companies or, or agencies uh, media agencies are struggling today because the business model the, the where the big 
the let's say the channels with the biggest profit margins yeah. aren't the most effective anymore yeah. uh, and still you see in a lot of media plans that those channels are still because like, the media uh, industry has its own agenda they yeah. first of all they want arbitrage they want a markup and they have their their partners that they have yearly commitments with on a trading level but that is definitely going to impact their recommendation course, to a client now i come from a media agency background and i understand that but what you realize most of the time client side they don't understand that mm -hmm. right and most of the time they they approve blindly yeah. sometimes and that will definitely impact and hurt the strategy you put together yeah what do you do then so that, and that's the, the fact that uh, when we make it, we make an objective strategy so we don't look at we look mm -hmm. at the audience and we're not really looking at the fact Fair that enough. who's who's your partner at the media side uh, what's the the channel that gives you the biggest market? Don't, don't you think you need to be intertwined with that yeah yeah and that's like for instance right now we, we sorry Nick, i don't want to cut you off i just want to let everyone know guys we've also shifted to a video podcast we're gonna do we, i always do the first 30 minutes with video and then we go to audio only so it's way that you know we're actually hitting that cutoff point so video has enjoyed 30 minutes i really want you guys to now transition audio and that's the new format we're going to be doing so the video is going to go on youtube i'll cut it up for some instagram clips and then the full the full episode because obviously i always go past 30 minutes uh, I've, I've had any podcast under 30 minutes so i brought you guys also to enjoy the audio only so that's what we're transitioning to so this is gonna become a thing now so keep an eye out for it and this is just me giving you guys your notice of 30 minutes oh, wow. so guys in the video see you <laughs> so yeah let's go back to it yeah all right so we, we, we both agree mm -hmm. that you have to be intertwined. Yeah. But a lot of times you're not. No. So are you trying to work on that with clients? Be like, guys, you want me to do, if you, got, you want us to be done correctly, I need yeah. to be there. Yeah. How are you, so, finding, yeah. how are you finding reception of clients? Yeah, so so uh, right now that's, uh, that's for instance, working with, with, uh, with, with Jubail Island. So that's how we work together. So we are there as the objective business advisors uh, mm. and we advise the CMO. Uh, we helped uh, them select the agency based on on the, the business strategy briefing, let's say. Uh, then a, an agency came in and now we work closely together in a triangle where you have the client, where you have us and where you have the, 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 the media agency. Um, and then obviously you, you just you try to co-create a plan and you sit together and you have meetings together with the three of you. Uh, and then also with the, with the media agency, just us uh, without the customer in between. Um, and you, you you see that you 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 actually come to something. It's a win-win, obviously, and that's that for sure. Everybody everybody needs to needs to uh, be happy and and be profitable in their business. And there's a hundred ways of doing that. And I think the 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 media agencies that will be very good at that will survive. And the com the media companies who still believe in that uh, media agencies that still believe in the old way will will die. I completely agree. Yeah. Have you ever thought about getting down to the details of media buying yourself within the consulting group? Um, or is so that something you guys don't want to get into? Uh, to be honest, we are, we are actually as a we are part of Duval Union, yes. the, the group. So uh, and in our group, we have a lot of of uh, agencies that are very uh, much specialized in marketing and communication. Uh, so we are we are let's say the strategic heart of the group. Okay, and you have a lot of agencies between them, creative media. Uh, they have marketing technology companies, you have influencer agencies, mm. et cetera, et cetera. But, are they, but are any of them based here or they're all based in Belgium? They're based in Europe, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, okay, are, are, would you then, do you prefer then that the clients potentially work with those agencies? Uh, do you recommend yeah, that? Or? Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. Obviously, for the, the, the sake of the group, yeah. So if the customer really wants that and if we believe it's the best choice for the customer, yes. But it doesn't have to be like that per se for us. Uh, in that way, we're we're a group that is really we really think that the market will decide, and the customer is always mm -hmm. right. 
Uh, but ever, ever, we, ever thought of actually having like maybe a small team here or maybe outsourcing to a like a media buying firm here that but at least you can manage and then you can go to climb your listen i'm going to consult with you mm-hmm. i also have an agency here that's actually going to help you mm-hmm. and our strategy and the agency is going to be fully aligned so you're not going to have any disruption you're not going to have any of that mm-hmm. do, you th- do you think that would work um i don't so, know because when whenever you're it's a tough one yeah w- when that starts to be successful you just recreate the same problem again and that's mm. the thing. So whenever business strategy starts to um, become one with the media agency, yeah, all of a sudden you see like, ah, but we can, it's a, it's a conflict of interest. It's a conflict of interest. And that's the whole thing. Mm. Uh, that's the biggest problem that media agencies today have. Because um, you're trying to be objective without, without some outside bias. Basically. Yeah, you're trying to be as objective course. for the client. Of course. Of mm. course. Absolutely. So really interesting. we don't we don't think about the partnerships that the media agency has with uh, with uh, with with their partners. We don't think about the huge the biggest markups they can take. So and all, when you look at it's it is a huge conflict of interest. Eh? So if you look at content creation, it costs a lot of money to do that. 100%. So of course, media agencies don't like to do that. They want they want to use the same collateral as much as possible. Of course, uh, and that's just not the way how it goes. That's not how it goes. So if you look at yourself why you are so successful as a podcast maker is because you have a lot of content 100% and that's the whole thing so with, with, with but cost me my time which is money yeah and that's, but the, I'm, that's, that's, that's I'm willing to put in yeah but a media agency will always prefer and getting, that's the whole thing yeah. so the, the, the rules have changed in, in marketing and communication and media so it's 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 much more about content it's much more about creativity it's much more about quantity uh, and quality uh and uh, and the way it used to be, it, it's never it's not never coming back anymore. Mm. And we need to let go of that whole notion, uh, as as hard as it's as it yeah. sounds. I'm just trying to say, think about that. Being objective is awesome, but I'm 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 always very then concerned about that that those those breaks in the chain that then will render your work mm-hmm. like not usable anymore because. I'm just trying to find a way if there's a way to, to get the, the bridge up. But the only thing that comes to my mind is only if you go 360 and you bring everything under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you and or you build some sort of uh, portfolio of uh, or as, a, as a brand or as a company uh, where you have preferred partners with niche specialities. But then and, you're going to have to monitor them closely. They, of course, yeah, absolutely. And then they, they can maybe step up uh, an, an agency who can do that for you. Um, mm. But the the I I um, and there will become a recentralization that later on. But n- now you just see that it's it's the old model doesn't work where you have one big box. The old centralized model is out. Yeah, so that's not working anymore. Well, I like I like a hybrid model. I like the federal model. Yeah, that's the kind of model I've been. So I thought maybe so I used to I used to I used to just be like I said everyone was centralized. I thought that was the way to go. Then mm-hmm. everyone now we're fully decentralized. Mm-hmm. I think the the way forward is kind of a merge of the two. Yeah, where you have a like yeah, it's like a federal government almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. true. Yeah, with the strategists at top, but everyone works yeah. for that one goal without micromanaging. Yeah, yeah, and everybody has specific KPIs and hundred percent. Um, it's also yeah, it's it's also a fact of you need to educate yourself as a company as a as a client. You need to be educated yourself mm. uh, as well, and I think that that is gradually becoming more and more like that. But yeah. It's uh, it's uh, every story has two two sides. So, uh, what do you guys ever like? For example, recommend a tool or a platform for that company to get, 
and then it was it's their job to find the provider on their own you guys don't help no, we can help with with the okay, selection fine. even yeah absolutely okay, so for example you think all right cool uh salesforce for me will be the best crm i could use right now mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you, you and then you'd recommend that would you reach out to salesforce for the client yeah, as we well? could do that absolutely and then sit in between and be objective and and and, and ask the hard questions uh, to those suppliers but we never have and that's the thing that we we, we are really proud of we're we're very objective and that's money we leave on the table but that's uh, it's a strategic choice that we make because otherwise if we start to close partnerships with tools and and, and other agencies obviously we'll recommend those that's it goes without saying if you have 15 mm. percent uh commission uh, when you recommend a tool uh yeah you can't be objective anymore. and that's the whole fact so i think nobody will disagree with what we just said uh but in the, the whole media industry today it's it's just like that <laughs> so mm -hmm. you can't be objective when when you, when you have skin in the game no, of course you can't it's a difficult one yeah it's really hard to be objective yeah uh, yeah and that's not uh, so i think that the, the 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 big boxes that you had before where everything was 360 uh, is now decentralizing and that will have its problems and then that's going to be solved again with indeed uh, the, the model you propose is a, is, a, is a brilliant one it's the only thing that makes sense to me uh, where you indeed have a, a it could be a strategy cons a strategy agency or a strategy person from the company who is the objective leader and they have some uh, tentacles that yeah. are very experts in in their fields that makes sense um, and that can even have a bit of skin in the game in the in the in the company so imagine that obviously you have your your uh your per month retainer or per year yeah. retainer whatever uh but imagine you bring that down by 10 percent in revenue but in in return you get a bit of of, uh, of share in the company mm. that you're working for or you work on a bonus system yeah, so your your, your objective would be the success of that company yeah you know what the problem is i think is the biggest problem with media agency something i've been so outspoken about probably ever since i got into media was agency fees is a ridiculous concept mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, I can't stand it because agency fees is predicated on the client spending more. Yeah. Not if the client Congress. succeeds. So basically, you, your job as a media agency is to try to get your client to spend the, mo the most with whatever supplier you want. Mm -hmm. So you're already biased. Of course. Your actual pricing model is biased in essence. I yeah. don't like that model. Yeah. And that's the thing. So I still remember I worked for a, a big coffee brand back in Belgium and, and they asked us to come in to look at the media plan because they, they felt like something was mm. off maybe and they wanted an objective analysis or review of that. And it was just, you just saw that, like, let's go for TV for this launch. And uh, and the audience was a, quite a young, uh, uh, the young yuppie audience, let's say, uh, if you want to target those, like primetime TV advertising is not going to work at all. Like these people are not watching TV primetime. They no, are no, no. on their phones. Yeah. So let's, and let's they, all agree no one's watching TV. And let's say that <laughs> let's all yeah, agree. Yeah. Outside of Netflix and and maybe the Super Bowl and World Cup, yeah. no one's watching. Oh, well, Netflix is OTT, but like I think Gary Vee said it perfectly. I think outside of the Super Bowl, for us, outside of Ramadan or outside of World Cup, no one's watching yeah. TV. Let's yeah. all agree on that. I don't, I have a dude subscription TV. I haven't even used it. The other day, I was just playing around. <laughs> I open it. I realize it's not even working. I've, been, I've had a note on my on my desk. Call due. It's been three months. <laughs> the same thing. I just haven't called him yet. <laughs> Absolutely. I just haven't called him because there's yeah. no point. It's part of our package, but... It's I, no I, part of my package. Yeah. I haven't used it once. <laughs> I'm saying I haven't used it once. Yeah. It's just no my point. wife puts on the... 
uh, the, the music channel when she's ironing or something. That's the only thing which she can also use her iPad. Or yeah, so. or YouTube or Anrami or Deezer or all these so, other subscriptions. Yeah, right? absolutely. And that's the whole thing. So I saw that plan. It was uh, the ratio was one million TV and then let's say ten thousand social media. And it's like this is bonkers. But that's what you just said. You just described it yourself. The problem that the, they can take much more. Uh, they earn much more uh, from that million dollars on TV than mm. they do on the 10,000 on social media. And then indeed, if you ask them, what will be the, the ROI or what's the KPIs that you're going to measure the, the, the success of your campaign? And they're like, yeah, it's awareness building. And that's it. So as soon as they hit, as soon as they hit play, they reach their KPI because uh, the people will see it uh, 12.5 times. Even <laughs> even your measuring tool for TV is ridiculous, yeah. right? I, I, oh. So I don't know. I don't know how it is today, but when I'm talking about like six, five, six, five, six years ago, and I was in TV, it was surveys yep. using Ipsos and Nielsen yep. and whatever these, and there was literally people for people donors. I don't know. How, I heard it's different today. I heard I heard this more. I don't know what they do today. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to comment about today. I'm going to mm -hmm. comment about ten years ago or seven, seven to ten years ago. Basically, when you used to plan TVs, plan GRPs, which is gr gross rating points, mm -hmm. which basically is an allocated number that goes for a TV spot of, of how well your reach is or whatever, right? And that was usually done by a company like like Ipsos or, or Nielsen, Nielsen States mainly, uh, who would call up people randomly mm -hmm. and be like, hello, how many TVs do you have in the house? How many people are in the house? Do you remember what, what this ad was, blah, blah, and then they... Then put it all together and they give you a sample size of 2000. Yeah. yeah. The whole yeah. thing was, for me, the whole yeah. thing was like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, and the, and in Belgium, they have uh, these devices and they install it with, with a- Like a Nielsen a box that they yeah. have in the States. Yeah, indeed. It's like a thousand people have it in Belgium and then they will extrapolate the, the, the viewing behavior from those thousand people yeah. to the rest of Belgium. But if you look at it, the, the bias is already there in the people that accept to have that box in your home. Because if they would call me and ask, hey, uh, Nick, do you want yeah. uh, a box? install that home and we're like uh, no i don't want that so i think not a lot of young people are actually having that box at no home. it's not reflective do you want oh do you want uh, so interesting because this just remind just hit me right now i've had a couple of data scientists on the on the on the podcast and we're both we we're talking about the bias of data mm. and this is a this is a great example of mm. it the data itself is biased because the, the collection of the data is biased in its essence yeah Absolutely. I don't know how you can be objective with that kind of data. Yeah. Right? No. And you're also incentivized to have a box, right? Like I, I think yeah. Nielsen families in America, they're paid. I yeah. How much they yeah. Yeah. Paid. They get a re yeah. They get like a, a remuneration re re for so that. It, and so there's already so there's already yeah. incentives. But right? also the, and the whole fact it's it's also when you know something is monitored, you're also do that. That's it's it's a fact. It's a science, It's a study. So when you know, for instance, that people will track your weight, uh, it's shown that people put more effort in whatever they need to do. So also when that box is installed, you can bank on it that people will watch more TV because they know that the box is there. So mm -hmm. even that's that's influenced and it's screwed up. But the the, the whole the whole media model today is just it's it's just it's it's broken. It doesn't make sense to me. It's broken. It's an interesting world for me. Something that's been on my mind. I, I I post about a lot. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Is I talk a lot about arbitrage. And it's something that I didn't realize when I was in media. I've only realized when I went to client side. Actually, I knew about when I was in media, but I don't think I, I, I cared as much until I went to client side. And you see the effect of, of, of arbitrage and how much it affects performance. Mm -hmm. And agency people don't realize. And most people, I didn't realize. I'm telling you, I didn't realize when I was agency. Because mm -hmm. you only see one side. My job was to deliver leads, impressions, clicks, conversions, view through rates, blah, blah, blah. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that was fine for me. I never saw sales. Mm -hmm. I never had a... I never had a uh, 
a client that was in, was savvy enough to share sales data, mm. right? Even if, if they knew it or not. Yeah. So I would never understand the full attribution. So for me, my job was done. Yeah. But then I went to client side. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's look at sales yeah. from media. And I realized, wow. This it's, is it's a, a different it's a different world. Yeah, yeah, it's a different yeah. world because now you're seeing attribute. One of the things I did on client side is I tried I worked my butt off on 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 that's all I've kind of been doing for the last few years is working on a full attribution from kind of from like from website visit to sale. Yeah. One of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah. Uh and I finally I think I I finally cracked it. Me and the people working on it. Um we finally cracked it. And you start to realize the then you start to see the bad quality leads, and then I I believe bad quality lead, uh, leads is made because of a bad quality click. Bad quality click is made from a bad quality impression, yeah. which is reflective of the media buy. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a and that's a cool thing to bring it back to the growth hacking part. When you you work with the R funnel, and you give everybody that same framework in the the, the in your tentacles of agencies you work with, they say, hey guys, this is a framework that we're going to use. We work with the R funnel. We look at acquisition activation, revenue, retention, or referral. And these are the KPIs that you need to improve. You go to the other agency and say, these are the KPIs that you need to improve. And at the end of the day, we're all going to be assessed on the fact that yeah. is this driving more revenue, yes or not? And this is representative for what we spent. Then you get a model that is starting starting to work. And of course, if an agency comes in and they can, they just say, ah, oh, let's uh, build up awareness. And but how are you going to measure that? Oh, we're just going to have, you know, uh, random surveys. Yeah, of course, it's not going to work. But if you have objective parameters uh, and everybody's looking at the same metrics, then then I think it's we're starting to get to a new model that that could eventually work. Yeah, but here's another problem. There's so many problems in this model. Another problem is when you have a client that has five or six agencies. Mm-hmm. That's a huge problem. Yeah. If a client has a PR agency that's different from the mark, the, the uh, media buying agency that's di- different from the social agency, that's different from the creative agency, and different from the SEO agency. Mm-hmm. I, I've worked, I've worked on accounts when I was an agency where, where there was like four or five clients. Uh, what's called um, agencies, mm-hmm. and the the, the drop off between communication is massive because I've been in a situation where I get into a room with other agencies, there's three, four of us. Mm-hmm. Everyone's competitive. Yeah. No one wants to share. Everyone wants to take a lead, and it's just you. You don't realize the amount of disruption that is. And a huge problem for a client because it because you like if your PR is working differently than your media agency that's working different from your social it's it's ridiculous like which uh, overall hurts the strategy yeah true we give them the same carrot and they will work together right no 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 they will absolutely I'm sure that's the thing in a company you have the same thing when uh, with 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 let's say more technical persons or the IT department versus the marketing department so the marketing is historically always been working on top of funnel. Uh, so bringing more people to the website sure. uh, if it's in-house and when you work uh, with IT people or developers they're they're going to check the the platform so if the platform works we're happy mm. whether or not it's conversion we don't care uh, but the the usability is their KPI or, or used to be their KPI for marketing just the traffic but if you say like uh, then what's, what about right CRM? now we're going to look at conversion for both of you all of a sudden they start to speak and even if they don't speak to each other they'll make sure that conversion is the number yes. one kpi so if you give the same metric and the, the same carrot to the people that's the problem with the clients they, do, they don't give the same metric and that's a, that's the problem so the right. problem is not the agencies the problem is the metric that has, is from, from the, the clients from the client side because you, you all you get for your creative agency is i need 30 pieces of creative every month and done yeah done and your media agency has to have a metric of a, like a cost per lead and then you know everyone has a different metric yeah so of course it's not going to work if you just uh, thirty pieces of content and uh, this cost per lead and that's it. Yeah, of course it's not. They just check, check their boxes and whatever happens down the funnel, they don't care. So and and mm. they and also there's no communication. Uh, what you just said, if if they are not willing to share, 
uh, what happens down the funnel yeah of course it's not going to improve but if you have the same metric that you need to work on as as part uh, of 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 um, of how you're going to get paid yeah you will you will talk to each other anyway if you like it or not or you will lose money and i think that's a model that could work in the in mm. the future where you drop the agency fee or you negotiate the agency fee down and you replace that with a with a bonus on top uh, based on performance and that bonus could even make uh, like huge profits for the for any agency. So. I would go with the retainer model or a time and material. I like time and material models. Mm -hmm. I like the way consultancies work. It's so it, it's so bizarre. You'll have a client who will be working, for example, with like Accenture mm -hmm. or or whatever other or Deloitte, whatever or or McKinsey or, or all these other ones. They'll work on time and material. Yeah. Okay. Your consultant's hours this much. You need them this many hours. Pay them this much. That's how much yep. you're gonna pay us. And they're fine with it, but they'll turn around, they'll go to their agency, and they'll only work with an agency fee model. I've worked on a, I've worked on accounts mm -hmm. with an agency fee model that's as low as one point four percent. Oh wow, what's one point four? If you spend a hundred thousand dollars a month, yeah, one point four percent is a thousand four hundred dollars. Yeah, it's not working right. Yeah, your it's employee is not getting paid a thousand, and it doesn't make sense. And then you then I don't know if I could blame agencies for arbitraging. I don't know if I could blame agencies mm -hmm. for marking up. Mm -hmm. When you're getting paid, mm -hmm. when you're nothing. Yeah, true. I think it's also the agency's uh, responsibility to to in, to innovate their own business model, because indeed it's not working like that anymore. And spending is gonna go, yeah, it's, it's gonna go down uh, anyway. So the the huge uh, spendings on uh, above the line will will drop anyway. So they need to find their money elsewhere to invest in, in quality people. And I said before, uh, the 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 investment. Instead of going uh, paying a million dollars for TV advertising, well, yeah, it, maybe it's gonna drop to nine hundred thousand in total the costs, but the distribution between the nine hundred will be half content creation and half content distribution. Yeah, uh, and that's the whole thing that an agency right now needs to rethink their model mm. uh, because the fat margins are are gone. One hundred percent. I think I think agencies. I think someone. The problem is you have the big four. Mm -hmm. And they're just churning this arbitrage model over and over again, and mm -hmm. someone has to break. Yep. I think an agency just needs to be like, all right, guys, we're not going to work. Let's all agree. Let's not do an agency fee. I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, all right, cool. You want, okay, you want media buying. I need to put a director for this many hours, an executive this many hours. I need an ad ops guy. All right, cool. Their collective salary is 20,000 dirhams. Mm -hmm. I need to make a profit. I want 25,000 dirhams a month. Yep. Pay me. Absolutely, and then and then which you could put you could do a retainer fee, you could do a TNM depending on your account, and then put I like your I like your idea of performance, putting a performance thing. Yeah. You, you get a bonus of ten thousand dirhams if we achieve this many sales blah, yeah. blah, blah, a month. Yeah, I think uh, it would be indeed. It's it's a great brainstorm ever having it. Yeah, if right. you, if the client pays uh, the 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 cost of of the salaries, and then your the profit you make is based on the performance that you deliver for the customer. There's no risk, so no, no risk, no cure, no pay, and then indeed the media spending is is paid for by the customer as well. So the people are paid, the media buying is paid, and yeah. then the profit will depend on the performance that you deliver for the customer. And at the end of the day, everybody is going to deliver for the customer because everyone wants their bonuses. No money, no because money. If you tell the employee, hey, listen, you can get another two thousand dirhams this month. If you just you know do it right and you yep. make sure the client, yep. and, hey director, you'll get another five thousand, oh, and hey agency, you'll make another ten, twenty thousand. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. If we if we sell ten uh, if we sell ten thousand more cars in in the world, you guys will get a fat bonus. Of course, yeah, why not? they will make sure that. I think Bloomberg cars. does. That. I have a friend who works in Bloomberg in London. Uh, shout out to this person. And uh, so I think what they do is if Bloomberg Global reaches their target, mm -hmm. you get 
your whole yearly salary as a bonus. Oh, yeah. So everyone's working because everyone wants to get that yearly yeah, salary as a bonus. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And people are, and at that, that point, it's, and that's also the growth hacking mindset. Mm. So you're just going to, it's it's people process platform. So it's, it's rarely going to depend on the platform that you recommend. It's always going to be with the people. And mm. the easiest thing you could do is stick and carrot when yeah. you want to have people. Do you, do you, I realize that's one thing I feel that clients always fall short, especially right now since we're in the digital transformation world and growth hacking, all that, is that we only focus on platforms mm. and not the people. Yep. And I think, uh, I think this is where digital transformation is going to fall short for a lot of companies who think, I'm just going to acquire four, five, six tools. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, no, man, you should before, You should have talked to your people because yeah. you might have people who don't understand anything. Yeah. And some people have to get fired. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's 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 in fact. Do you recommend HR about, changes to your clients as well, um, or is that something you don't go it, into? Governance changes, yeah, absolutely. So, in, if you look at the 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 org chart of a company today, uh, and it's built in such a way that it's counterproductive for the company, we will say, yeah, it obviously your 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 company can't work because of A, B, and C, and then we will recommend to do it differently. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, makes sense. If you want to excel in, uh, we're talking about digital marketing uh, this, this, today anyway. But if you want to excel in digital marketing, you will need to upskill your people. Absolutely. If you're if you're built as a traditional company, you, you maybe have a an, an, a very uh, old old school head of marketing, and you have a PR uh, responsible uh, responsible person. And then maybe uh, uh, what else? Uh, uh, a spokesperson. Mm. Yeah, of course we will say, yeah, it's not going to work, eh, guys. You yeah, it makes sense. Uh, do you do you do you do any also any speaking and keynote stuff? Do you still do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that going? Less, less. Uh, good, but uh, I've been focusing focusing on it a bit less. Um, do you use a, do you use like a company to help you? Uh, uh no. Like no, I know there's been speakers here. Do you ever work with them? I know, no, no, I don't, I don't, no. Oh, they're pretty good. Uh, I've had the CEO on, a founder, Sanazam. She's, a, she's, a, she's really cool. Okay, and, cool. Uh, she can touch if you, if you want someone to be able to find you gigs and stuff. Yeah, she's yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be, would be cool. But I toned it down um, uh, a little bit when I moved to the region here because I had a lot of challenges at hand. Sure. And I want, really wanted to focus on building the business. Um, and also what I found here is it's... Uh, the whole thing about speaking here is different than in Europe. For sure. Because it's a big business model for a lot of event yeah. agencies. Uh, and I didn't feel like that I didn't feel like that was a battle that I wanted to fight. Fair enough. Um and yeah, I was just just going uh, yeah. like uh, all in for to build up the the, the office. Sense. Question: Do you do? Do you do? Are you an ultra marathon runner? Do you do any marathon? Uh, no, your Instagram, not, you, you do not, a lot of stuff. Not ultra, not ultra. Oh, you don't I do wish, ultra. I wish I could do that. Love you know, I've I've been. I've lost 20 kilos wow, in amazing. six months. Wow, congrats. Just man. from diet. I've just started gym. I'm okay. super happy about it. It's been oh, the wow. second week. You know, I've, I've never did gym for us. Like, I've lived 30 years without working out. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm happy I'm finally doing it. Amazing. I think it's better late than never. Yeah. Uh, so my goal is to do a marathon next year. Oh, yeah. Or at least half a marathon. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Start with that, yeah. I'm happy. Even if I could do 5K. Yeah. I just want to start. Uh, my goal, my dream is... Hopefully, in my late thirties, if I could ever in another six, seven years, I'd love to do an ultra marathon. Oh wow! Yeah, that's also because when, when I when I do yeah, something yeah. when I do something, I get very intense about it. So oh, I go yeah. extreme. So I'd love to do an ultra marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll be able to do that. I think so. But it's it's very important to have like uh, these milestones. And I think if you aim on the first five k, then ten, then yeah. twenty one, then forty two, yeah. and then you can pivot into ultra marathon. I, I don't know if I'm, like, do you know David Goggins? Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he, I he's, was just watching his Instagram. He he was doing two hundred forty. Uh, it's, uh, um, I forgot what's called the actual race. He actually got pulmonary edema. Yeah, he had to quick. He had to get out of it. So that, that race is 240 
I don't know if it's kilometers or miles. I, I think no it's kilometers. Kilo- 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 yeah. yeah. So he and if and the way is if you actually get third party help, if you go see a doctor, you're mm-hmm. disqualified. And he yeah. had, and he got he was he was getting pulmonary edema because he's racing at such a high elevation. He had to go see a doctor. Yeah. So he got disqualified. He got out of the hospital and then reran it on his own <laughs> because he's like, I don't believe in finishing something without. With, I don't believe in doing something without finishing it. Yeah. The guy's insane. Yeah. The guy's a different world. Oh yeah. I, I lo- absolutely love the guy. Oh, I love people like that. Really, it's uh, so extreme. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, cool. Man. But I'm not. A, I'm not an ultra marathon runner. I, I ran a marathon once, uh, and I wanted to do the marathon last year in Dubai. Do you CrossFit or anything like that? CrossFit. Yeah. All right, cool. Which, uh, which uh, CrossFit uh, gym do you go to? A warehouse. CrossFit I go to warehouse. warehouse. All right. Yeah. My brother. My brother's a huge CrossFitter. We're, we're, me and my brother are stark differences, right? Yeah. I'm tall and darker skin. He's he's shorter, lighter skin. He, I'm more podcasting that stuff. He's more pure CrossFit, oh, totally yeah. different world. I'm marketing. He's finance. <laughs> he goes to the called it's called the box. I don't know the one in Gold Box. No, I don't know what it's called. It's the one. It's the one in Al Cuz. Yeah. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of those in uh, in yeah, Uncle, yeah. so I don't he's, really know. He's, uh, he's been trying to get into it. I, him, I do want to get into it, so oh, step yeah. by step. Yeah, really, you should do it. Really, I, I, I really want to. I, for me, right now, I've been obsessed with longevity and extending my lifespan, yeah. becoming a lot more healthier. I live my life eating eating complete garbage. Yeah. All right, I had fun with that. Now let's, let's be focused yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I think CrossFit is an amazing thing yeah. to, to do that. I wish yeah. I did at a younger age, but at least I'm starting now better. Yeah. Than yeah. Now. I'm still young. I'm 31. Yeah. There's this quote about the planting a tree, and the best moment was 10 years ago. Yeah. And the second best moment is today. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, better than nothing. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, are you working on building your personal brand? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I really believe in the power of personal branding because a connection with a human being is better than a oh, yeah, con- for sure connection. I think with you a should brand. go all in. Are you, are you creating content for yourself? Uh, not anymore. I, I used to do it in Belgium. So I, uh, gotta get back on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And or at least for Duval, if not for yourself, do it for Duval. Yeah, yeah. I will do that. So uh, I, I won't disclose too much, but I will go all in. Should? I will go all in again. Yeah. You're Definitely, I think you should I record. So what I do is, um, everyone listening, I'm very, I'm very big on this, and some people disagree, some people agree. I love to be everywhere. Yeah, and I don't believe in one platform. Yeah, I just literally was, you know, Sean Cannell. Um, he's he's huge. He's like a one million plus YouTuber. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. I was listening to one of the things that he goes focus on one platform and then grow on that and then go. I'm I don't believe that. Yeah, I believe in growing all the platforms. Yeah, so I'm everywhere. Absolutely. Um, I'm on TikTok. Sorry, I'm even on TikTok. I'm oh, yeah. recently on TikTok. Oh, wow. I'm on Instagram, Twitter. I want to get on YouTube now that I'm recording videos. Going to go on YouTube. I write content, written content. Yeah. So, I, so I think you should do that. Yeah. So I, what I'm doing is, for example, I'm, I take my podcast. I try to see if there's a written content I can pull out of the podcast that becomes a piece of content. I put on Medium, LinkedIn, get yeah. published. Just, is it the pyramid? Absolutely. The I, but I used to do that in Belgium as well. So, but. Uh, when I moved here, I was a, uh, I really, I don't know how it, uh, because it was a new region. Man, so l- life like, is hard. Life takes you. Oh and man, it's so and hard. To be honest, like the first twelve months here were brutal. I'm Setting sure. up an office in Dubai is not be easy. Where are you guys based? Uh, right now, we're in Design District. Oh, that's a nice area. Yeah, D three. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love yeah. that area. Yeah. I love. There's a there's a good restaurant. Akia. Kibadori? Yeah, Akibadori. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that place. It's yeah, it's amazing. They have that Wagyu sandwich. Oh. oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, to- yeah, yeah. Home bake real is also amazing over there. It's it's yeah. a, it's, a, it's, it's just, a really nice area. It's a nice area. But the first twelve months here were were yeah. brutal. So the last thing I was thinking about was, oh, let's uh, because also what I was doing, I didn't have any. Uh, I know everyone says that, but it the con. I felt that. The things that I could share were, were super boring, and it was very yeah, repetitive. I that as well. and, and it was just me sitting. And I get it; it's it's interesting in hindsight. It, it's interesting for people to follow that journey, 
but at that time i was just i wasn't feeling like let's share this right now and mm, me again at my apartment doing the, these like reach a thousand reach outs a day on linkedin to people just to to get to meet them and to uh, introduce duval to the, to them and find people to, to to get them in the office and and so on and so forth so yeah i, agree. Uh, yeah, I should have done it but uh, but i don't regret that i didn't do it but mm. That being said, I'll uh, I'll go all in again because I used to do it in Belgium. Oh, you think you should? You got uh, good content out there. Do a podcast. I might. I go might, for it. I might do go that. Go for it. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, let's wrap this up. Where can people reach out to you? Uh, best way right now is either Instagram at Nick Finkier or LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Oh, I love LinkedIn. Yeah. People don't realize LinkedIn is one of the best content pl- platforms right now it because is. the algorithm is so good. For guys, don't listen. Uh, if you have a thousand connections on LinkedIn, you drop a post. If any one of those thousand likes those that post, all his connections see it. Oh, so yeah. even if you don't have a big base, you can end up having thousands of views oh, and engagement yeah. on your post because of the six degrees. I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my my podcast organically comes, all my listens come from LinkedIn. Oh yeah, I can, I can really believe that. Yeah. More than every other tra- yeah. platform. I'm all in on LinkedIn. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I try to post at least once a week. With like, I do once a day. Oh yeah, but you, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're an example. You're a true inspiration. Uh, I try to do it once a day. It, it's, it's hard though. It is amazing. The, the, uh, people, it's, I think right now the most underestimated platform. Oh, 100%. In the universe, one hundred percent. And I, I, the day they change the algorithm, it will day will suck for all of us. And I yep. want people to uh, to use it now before the algorithm, because once the algorithm changes, absolutely, yeah. I shot, I shot from. I started five years ago with LinkedIn, um, and r- right now I have I have almost twelve thousand uh, followers. So I hope after the podcast, I'm at eleven. I hit eleven point eight. I'm at I'm at six. I've grown in a year. I've grown f- less than a year. I've grown four k. I was like a two. Wow. Yeah. Now, because I've actually actively been doing it, I'm, yeah, at, yeah, I'm yeah. at six. Yeah. I think your limit's 30. Yeah. You, you have to make a page. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, I've, I just love it. I, I, oh, I absolutely love it. It's such a good platform. So good. And there's there's not a lot of competition in terms of good good content. So, whenever you do something, you can oh, yeah. just break into it. 100%. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. So, guys, you heard it here. Get on LinkedIn. Make some content. Oh, yeah. Make it good. And don't worry about the content. Put it up there. Um, so guys, reach out to Nick. Uh, really interesting stuff. Uh, reach out to him. Reach out to Duval if you guys want to do business stuff. If not, if you just want to talk, reach out. Super friendly guy. Um, do that for this podcast. We are everywhere. Ten plus channels, uh, platforms. Reach out. Make sure to subscribe. Drop some uh, feedback. Rate it. Super important to me. Um, I now do a weekly newsletter every Saturday. I release a newsletter. Uh, we're at almost fifteen subscribers. Every day gets a bit more. So really nice. happy with that. I think people tell me, oh, you like these low numbers. I'm like, no, I like every number is a listen. Yeah. If I do a, a few numbers from 10 platforms, that becomes thousands of listens. So yeah. I play, I play, I play that game. So it's growing. I'm loving it. And uh, so guys, the content of the newsletter is quite simple. You'll get it. You'll list it. You get three previous, you get last week's episodes with some description. You'll get the upcoming episodes, the actual guests. So you get to learn about the guests a bit more with links to their pages. <coughs> and because I release on Saturday and podcasts drop on Sunday, I'll give you Sunday's podcast before everyone else. So I, I only promote the podcast on Sundays. That's where everyone listens. So with the newsletter, you actually get it and I won't talk about it anywhere else. So you guys will get it right away. So it's a good way to get the content today and it will go out today. So yeah, uh, definitely reach out there. For me, Hassan Al-Hajj on LinkedIn, uh, Digital Hoose on Twitter and Instagram, on TikTok, on P- Pinterest as well. I'm on Pinterest. So I go everywhere, everywhere. Oh, that's amazing. And on Medium as well, Digital Hoose. So guys, please reach out, listen to the podcast, hit up Nick. And this is Let's Take This Online and we are out.